to Real Native Roots, Untold Stories, a podcast by a Native woman with deep roots. Yate, welcome back. I hope you all are doing wonderful this day, this evening, whatever time you're listening to this show. I am, um, I am good. I really am. I'm in a good place and have been doing what I need to do to take care of myself, getting plenty of water and sleep and less screen time. So I'm hoping you all are doing what you need to do to take care of yourself. It has been seven months. I, I honestly cannot believe uh, we are this far along in my love podcast journey. It's um, It's been really just beautiful. I have been enjoying it. I've been learning so much and in reflection and also just realize how much I don't know. Uh, so I'm, I'm hoping you all are enjoying this as well. So as you all have hopefully um, recognized, or if not, I'm just letting you all know in transparency that most of the guests that I've been bringing on it by people that I've met through friends, uh, through work, uh, or their relatives. And actually, um, even people that have referred. So I, and I actually, when I, I mean, when I'm curious about them, it's usually because they say something in a moment and I'm like, Ooh, that was really good. I, I love that. And it makes me curious to want to know more about that individual. And so our next guest, that's exactly what happened. I actually met my friend, I call him my colleague as well. We were, uh, we were doing some work together, but before that, I was in South Dakota doing some work and he was, um, him and his business partner, they were in, this, in the conference room with all of us. And anyway, long story short, uh, they had wanted to work with us. And so we had an opportunity to work together and then the rest is history. And most recently, Actually, it was in February before this whole COVID situation happened, and we were meeting with other colleagues, and we were talking, and he had said something really profound that really struck me, and I was like, hmm, he would be interesting to interview, <laughs> and, you know, they always say, you, you know, always ask, you never know what you're going to get, so I have to say that I was quite surprised when he said yes. You know, uh, some people are uh, really shy. Some people are really excited. And I just didn't know. And so when I asked, he said, yes, I was like really excited. So what I know about this individual, I can tell you, is that in working with him and getting to know him more, is he is a really deep, deep listener. And he also, I feel, in, in my humble opinion, is a, a strategic thinker. And I feel like he's, he's the type of guy that would just kind of sit back and just listen, listen deeply. Uh, he's very passionate about what he does in his world in terms of the work that he does. He's, he, he's about education and about connecting people. And I know that he really models giving back to his own community, but also communities that he works in, in terms of Indian country. And... He is about leading and sort of help leading and solving by doing. He's all about doing. Let's let's do this. Let's let's play. Let's get in in the sandbox and make it happen. And one of the things I've noticed as I've heard him talk, he's all about 
come with, let's do with versus um, let me do it for you. You know, he's about let's do this together as a journey. And so I really appreciate sort of hearing and observing how he shows up in those spaces and um, really about just experimenting. So this, my friend, his name is Joseph Kunkel, and he is a citizen of the Northern Cheyenne Nation. Uh, he's an architect, a planner, he's um, been in the field of construction and Indian housing, and uh, he currently actually resor- resides north of me, which is in Santa Fe now. And so, Joseph, thank you so much for coming. Welcome. Hi, Vicki. Hi. Thank you for having me. Yes, thank I'm you. Excited for, for the conversation. <laughs> me too. So, um, tell us a little bit more about yourself. I know that I've given folks about your character and a little bit about what you do, but tell us a little bit more about who you are. Yeah, sure. Um, so, as you said, I'm a citizen of the Northern Cheyenne Nation. Uh, I, I'm, I'm trained as an architect, a planner, a designer. I, my, my since. Since graduate school, or I guess since undergraduate and graduate, I've really been focused on trying to better understand housing, uh, and 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 uh, I've really kind of kind of leveraged design as my lens to kind of connect with communities and understand communities in a more deep way or in a in a, in a deeper way, and just try and realize like what is the power of design and how can design help change how we see our communities, how we build our communities, how we, how we just, uh, when we think about sovereignty and self-determination, I, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm biased, but I I think design has a, has a very, very big part of, of how we, we as indigenous peoples can, can potentially thrive or can thrive. Um, yeah, I, 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 yeah, it's, it's been a it's been a crazy journey, but uh, I, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't have changed my path uh, in any way. I think this has been incredibly fruitful on my end. Wonderful, thank I'm you. Incredibly thankful. Yes, I, there's so much there that I want to mind, but let's let's go back a little bit. I actually mm-hmm. uh, spent some time. Uh, looking at some videos. Uh, so those of you who don't know who he is, definitely look him up because you will see videos. But again, it just emphasizes how passionate he is about community and about design. And um, anyway, one of the videos I saw, I I was really intrigued. I actually um, enjoyed it. And it was you and your business partner at the 2019 Creative Capital artist event. And what I enjoyed about that is you talked a little bit about your grandfather, where you were raised, and I'd like to start from there. So if you can tell us a little bit about, um, you know, the first, I I would see this as sort of like your first sort of experience and understanding of your smaller inner community. Yeah, no, it's, it's a, it's a, yeah, I'm happy to talk more about about that relationship and where I'm coming from. And uh, I, I guess I would say that to kind of preface this story is: growing up, you don't really understand what's normal. You you normal is you're growing up, 
uh, wherever you're living, uh, the friends you hang out with, like you create your own, your own kind of normal and, and, and seeing outside or maybe as you grow older, like peering back in, you start to realize maybe that wasn't a typical upbringing. And so, uh, growing up, I, I, I grew up in, in uh, a shore town in New Jersey, Point Pleasant, New Jersey. Um, but as I, as you introduced me uh, as a citizen of the Northern Cheyenne nation, I, I kind of split time going back and forth, uh, between New Jersey and what is now Southeastern Montana in the Northern Cheyenne reservation. Um, my grandfather, um, uh, father Emmett, uh, Hoffman, uh, was the executive director of the St. LeBray Indian school. Um, and, and, and so I, 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 when I would be in Montana and, and kind of spending time with, with, uh, we call them Poppy, uh, we would, uh, I, I would be by his side just kind of as a, as a little kid, just following him around, uh, the Indian school and just kind of coming to realize that I, he had a big influence on the school, on our people, our, my cousins, my aunties my mother, um, uh, and really kind of lifting up the power of education, uh, in a, in a pretty marginalized community, the Northern China community. And so I, I really started to uh, kind of wanted to learn more about that. And, and just as uh, walking around and listening to other, other folks speak about my grandfather, uh, they would have said, they, they, they did say if he wasn't, uh, uh, a Catholic priest, a Capuchin monk, he would have been uh, an architect. And so that kind of got my head, like kind of uh, got me thinking as a, as a little kid, like maybe that's what I want to do. Like if this is what he's doing, building a community, maybe that's what I want to do. And I, at this time you're a little kid, you have no idea what architecture is. You're like, Oh, you build buildings or you, or you design stuff and, and not fully understanding the complexities of what architecture could could potentially be and, and so I went down my path of kind of going back and forth with my friends in New Jersey and my cousins and aunties in Montana and, and just kind of went down that path of uh, uh, of what maybe I could be studying uh, as, a, as a potential architect and, and to also preface like I, I'm, I'm very fortunate I'm very lucky uh, education was always was always accessible um and um and while i probably wasn't the best student in school um i i, I it was always like obtainable uh i had i was very i was fortunate enough to go to undergraduate uh, and get an architectural engineering degree um go to graduate school and study architecture and planning and design um and that kind of set me up for the work that we're doing today um, uh, so and I think both those spaces, being able to kind of grow up in New Jersey and understand how to kind of navigate this this Western world, this Western kind of white world, and, and then kind of be placed back into Montana and knowing from your aunties and uncles, this is your home, like you're, you're, this is where you're from, uh, was, was grounding and also kind of jarring. Oh, wow. I'm, I'm, I'm here. Uh, and so, but I always, now that, my parents have moved. My mom has passed on. Um, like Montana, 
Ashland, Rabbit Town, that 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 I think that feels like home when I when I get off the airplane in Billings and I smell the sweet grass in the air, it's like you you realize that there's something connecting you to that place, which I find to be pretty powerful and 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 just like you can breathe. You're like, ah, you can kind of release mm-hmm. and and getting into the car uh, and driving over that first hill as you kind of enter the, uh, leave Billings and go into Crow Nation and uh, that, that view, that expansive view opens. You're just, you just feel like this is, this feels right. And, um, that's where I want to be working. That's where I want to be hopefully impacting and, and knowing that, um, that, that, that this path around architecture, design, community development, community planning is, is a space that allows me to engage in these, in these conversations in a, in a hopefully productive way is how I've seen the work that I'm doing, that we're doing as a collective, um, uh, uh, impactful. Um, yeah. Thank you for that. I, I actually just was on this journey with you. I could uh, almost mm-hmm. see what that may look like. And, um, you know, it just made me think about a tree, you know, the roots. And even though uh, you were, you know, going, you were living in a different place and coming back, you know, the origin of the roots are in that place and, you know, feeling that connection um, and, and reengaging and staying engaged with family as you were going to, the two places, you know, and visiting family, going back home and, you know, and as you start to kind of think about your work, how, how did your, um, how did that influence more of, you know, uh, what you're doing now in design and community? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I would say that that has really i think grounded me um i growing up studying architecture i think this and listening uh as a as a young kid not fully understanding what it means to be northern cheyenne you're you're you kind of want to know more you want to listen you want to learn and a lot of times i just found myself being quiet because i was unsure what meant to actually be from this place and i think that started to create a path or that started to pave a path and uh, create a a way forward for me to want to engage and want to learn but knowing i had to listen first and i think just sitting next to uh my elders and, and and learning the stories and and just watching uh, a sun dance or, or being part of a ceremony, like I, I took it all in and, and knew that um, if I were going to engage or, or do anything of significance, I had to kind of learn more about the community before I could actually do anything. Um, and I think that goes for all the communities we work in, uh, whether it's in the Southwest, the Pacific Northwest, the Southeast, the Plains, the Northeast. Um, it, it, it's going there in a humble way and, and understanding that 
you're an outsider. Uh, you might be indigenous, but you are an outsider and you're a guest. And um, I, the communities that you're working with uh, understand who they are more than you do. Uh, I think architectural education and architects have historically been uh, taught that they are the knowledge holders about the built environment. They know what's best. And I think in many ways, I've tried to reframe that kind of notion and, and, and try and kind of lift up the voices of the community. And, and they are the architects of their vision. And I hopefully bring a process, or maybe a professional set of skills that allows them to envision that to, to to envision and create that vision um, uh, in a way that is that is true to who they are as a people, and I think that's um, I think that has allowed me to really understand and and work in these spaces in a in a in a in an equitable way in a in a in a just way. Um, because historically, a, a majority of the communities we work in typically don't work with architects, right? The architecture, engineering, the design professions have been set aside for those that who that, that can access their skill sets monetarily, right? The, the wealthy, the privileged, those are the ones that get to hire an architect to design their homes, uh, not those that are that have been just historically marginalized, like our indigenous populations across what is now the U.S. So. Thank you for yeah. that. Um, it made me want to go back a little bit as well. It's because, you know, we're jumping right into um, the community. And, you know, most of us, all of us, you know, our first sense of community is, of course, our first sphere of um, family, you know, mom, dad, mm -hmm. brother, sister, then expands out to auntie, uncle, grandma, right? And then, and, you know, so tell us, um, you know, in, in combination of what you, you've learned, but more so as you've really um, have learned from your elders and just listening to community, you know, define, define what community is and, you know, what does that mean? And how does, how do, you know, how does um, communities sort of grow um, on their own? And so there's that, that element. And then, but it also made me think, when you what you just got done saying about how you're in this and I find a lot of us that are um, in this space of um, you know we tend to be translators between western and and our native communities and so mm -hmm. I want to follow up with that I don't want to lose that but I want to go back to kind of defining and you know what does that what does that mean and you know how do you grow your own community how do you develop that what keeps a community going yeah, I mean, I think community is so important and so crucial. I mean, it reflects a strong community helps one start to identify or, or, or create an identity. And I think that was very true of my growing up. And it allowed me to kind of understand who I am. Uh, although at that moment in time, you don't know that. Um, like the, and I, I, I kind of go, I'd maybe quickly fast forward to like the moment in which I was kind of spending a lot of time in Montana as a graduate student and post-grad 
uh, and, and my aunties or one aunt in particular was very adamant of me changing my name. Right. And, and, or my last name, Kunkel, my, my, my mom is, my mom was a full blood Northern Cheyenne. My dad is German and Italian. Um, and hence I get the last name Kunkel from, and my auntie Montana was like, <clears throat> if you do anything, like if, when you become the famous architect that you will become, as she was saying it, like, I, we want to ensure that it's you are Northern Cheyenne and we should be lifting up that part of your history. And I thought to myself, well, I'm also German and Italian. Like that's also part of who I am. That's part of my identity. And so uh, for me to change my last name, I thought was maybe doing an injustice to who I am and, and maybe in many ways, like um, not being truthful to that history. And I think that's, that's one thing that I think I also lift up. It's like, that's my last name, that's who I am. And I can be indigenous, I can be native at the same time. And, and, and balancing those two spaces and those conversations, I think are so important to who you are and how you grow your community, right? So I have my friends in New Jersey that I'm, I am, I'm, I'm Joe, I'm, I'm, I'm Joseph, I'm from that community. Uh, and I still have good friends that are non-native that I grew up with and I can go home and, and hang out with them just as I did in high school. Uh, I can go to Montana and the same thing. It's, it's you, you are who you are. And I think community had being kind of centered in community and being part of a community and growing those connections is so important for an individual to feel connected. Um, and I think in many instances, we don't always have that, um, and uh, and that that's. Uh, I hope that connecting it back to the work that we do, that we're creating spaces, that we are developing communities that really are about creating community and, and, and connection, and hopefully, the built environment that we are imagining and and and, and designing is. is is a is a platform is a is a backdrop for those connections to happen so that individuals living in these places and and, and spaces have the opportunity to create an identity for for who they are um and 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 i think that's that's so important um in in many ways and, and so that that back and forth between native non-native has been part of my history that I think has created who I am uh, as an individual and, and, and we need to embrace that and, and share that. And um, yeah, I think it's, it's, it's important. Oh, that's so beautiful, Joseph. I, I really want to just stop you at one point, but I want you to finish because I think, like that is the highlight there in the sense of like your identity and, um, you know, we are individuals, you know, that make up the community and until we embrace who we are, every bit of who we are, our truth, that makes, you know, and we all do that, that makes the community much more powerful and 
then the community has their own identity. And I think that's what makes, once we do that, it makes um, your work easy, you know, to some degree. And I think that's your medicine, your gift in coming into these communities to help them mind that, you know, to unpack and fold, like, you know, this community, what is the identity, right? And um, I appreciate you going back again, you know, I wanted to go back because I actually wanted to ask you about the last name. And so I appreciate you sharing that. Um, anything you want to react to in, in what I just said there? Oh, yeah. I mean, it's, I think, I mean, it, and it goes back to even further, like my, my great grandfather, Arthur wouldn't sigh, uh, my mom's grandfather, my mother's grandfather, Arthur wouldn't sigh, um, was a, was a rancher and he had a large family, uh, of, uh, uh and, uh, I, I, I had, I had this picture, uh, at, in my, in my office and on my desk. And I kind of looked to that, uh, as like a continuation of, of our story of my family story. You, you see his, the, the big, um, the big family, right? There's, there's women and children and young kids, old kids. And then you see this little, little, little white boy in, in the, in the, in the front center of the picture. And it's a picture of, a uh, Teddy, uh, and, uh, I don't know the full backstory, but, um, he was left behind this, this little white kid and Arthur, um, basically took him in, uh, as a, as his own. And, um, and so you have this, uh, this little white kid that is now being raised as a Northern Cheyenne and as a kid identifies as a Northern Cheyenne, um, which I think is pretty profound in the context of like that, that, that sense of identity and that creating that, that sense of community and connecting to community is so, so important. Um, and my grandfather, um, uh, father Emmett kind of writes on the back of it, like talking about his, the, the, the sense of what it means to be Northern Cheyenne, what does it mean to bring people in and, and connect people to one another and, and be part of, a family and, and knowing that it doesn't necessarily need to be blood. And I think that's, that too is important. Growing up in New Jersey, I had cousins who weren't like blood cousins, but I spent summers with, we'd travel during the summer to like Lake George and in, in Northern, um, in upstate New York. And, uh, and he was a cousin, uh, and I had a uncle like, and that sense of uh, family and that sense of community was like, even though I didn't look like I was part of the family, um, part of the family, I was accepted as part of the family. And I think that's also something that um, uh, uh, ensuring that people feel connected and feel part of a feel part of a, a community is so I think important. Um, and I think that's that's also about the work that we do. Uh, these are these are things that we need to be embracing and, and need to set aside the the conflicts and the politics and and, and try and find ways to have civil dialogue and and, and and ensure that we can get along. I think that's that's how society should be, but unfortunately, it isn't. 
So, yeah, thank you for that and giving. I love going back and back and back because it just <laughs> it just really sheds light on who you are and sort of the values that have been threaded through generations and and how they still are foundational to the work to what's important in community and um i just find that so beautiful when you know um you know i am going to use specifically like you know and i and i and I, i'm glad that you so also showed and represented in western your your non-native relatives right and our, our native relatives like you know we are all interconnected we're all related and in some way or another once you it's about building these relationships right it's once you build and understand each other um it just naturally feels like i have another member in my community you know and um so i appreciate you sharing that and and the last thing that you said is like unfortunately you know we're in this place of still i think i think it's people trying to you know, figure themselves out and really being true to who they are. And, and as you're working in these communities, um, you know, I can hear how a lot of um, that experience has influenced sort of your way of working. Uh, what, what sort of ways do you feel like our communities are healing or need to be healing, especially during this time? Because as Native people, as just beings, as just you know, beings here, we are so about connecting or, you know, a lot of our values are about family, community, you know, being interconnected and, you know, it's different now, uh, you know, and so how are you seeing um, communities working on that, you know, towards healing and, and still trying to keep that, um, those values intact during these times? Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I do see, I mean, there, there's a lot of work to be done on that front. And I do see this, this millennial generation stepping up and, and wanting to connect back to their roots and connect back to, uh, kind of more indigenous and traditional ways of, of, of what does it mean to be Indian? What does it mean to be indigenous? And, I think that's very powerful. Um, uh, I think we need to do, we need to continue to do more and, and, and build these bridges. I think it too, we as a society need to be acknowledging these histories of, of genocide, of, of, of stripping away of culture and, and livelihoods and, and the stripping away of identity. Right? Like that, I mean, and it, it is so prevalent in Indian country, unfortunately, but this sense of self-worth, the sense of identity is in the loss of, and the loss of culture is, I think, a part of that. And so how do we, how do we start to think about reconnecting our communities, uh, talking about our histories and being just truthful about what has happened historically? Because I, I don't think until we can start to talk about those histories and talk about the true histories of Western expansion of Western settler culture, um, of, of the, of the violence that has kind of created this country. Like that is, I think is so important to, uh, a path towards healing. Um, the work that we're doing in Nebraska around the Northern Cheyenne, a uh, healing trail, uh, the story of, 
the breakout where Chief Dolmite and Chief Little Wolf broke out our band to kind of <clears throat> to to escape and go northward to protect their 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 people, our people, uh, is, is is part of our history. Yet it's not told nationally; it's not talked about. And so, how can we uh, ensure that these stories are part of part of primary education throughout the country. How do we, how do we ensure that, that, um, my white friend over there, uh, understands the trauma that my ancestors have gone through, um, knowing we all hold trauma, uh, some, some trauma is lifted up. Some is kind of pushed underneath the, the, the rug. So how do we create spaces and, conversations and in some ways architecture that can highlight these injustices a prime example is the memorial for peace and justice that kind of speaks to the 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 lynching post-slavery that african americans went through uh well how do we lift up the conversations of our boarding school history where uh, native boys and girls were stripped of their culture and stripped of their families and, 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 and forced to assimilate to white culture. Uh, and how, uh, in what ways do we lift up those conversations and, and talk about, um, the injustices done there? Um, and I, I think we need to really come to terms with that if we were to create true healing within Indian country. Yes, 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 and yes <laughs> to to that. Uh, I uh, really am a believer in uh, what you have said about how do we create space for these conversations? These conversations are hard. They're not easy, you know, to talk about yeah. trauma and to talk about mm-hmm. history and to talk about, you know, um, well, it, talk about that, but I also feel like really listening openly. Uh, I think that's, that's hard. And I find that um, one thing that you had said earlier, uh, I think is really important is the, the whole listening skill that you kind of went in the space and just listen and watch, listen and watch. And, and I'm wondering, you know, are we doing that enough now? You know, are we doing that enough now? And, uh, and, you know, there are all these systems that you talked about, too, like the educational system and, you know, some of our work environment. You know, are, are we allowing opportunity there to talk about that healing? I mean, this is about, you know, how are we going to heal is we got to talk about that. We have to sit with these emotions and understand and recognize uh, those patterns and and acknowledge the history there. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 And I think now is the time. I mean, with all that's going on in this country, our ability to have these conversations and, and talk about these hard issues, it's going to create I mean, these are these are hard conversations and, and we need to we need to ensure that we're supporting wholeheartedly these conversations that we, we know that it's gonna be hard and there's gonna be trauma. How do we how do we come together to ensure that there is space for that? And because um, uh, I I think we we we're in a point in time and, and, and a point of reflection 
that we need to we need to lift up the conversations. We need to lift up uh, the pe- people that have just been marginalized. And how do we do that? You know in a civil way, how do we, how do we ensure that these voices are at the table, whether it's government conversations, national conversations, local conversations, tribal conversations, inter-tribal conversations, how are we kind of ensuring that we have civil dialogue and that we, we might not fundamentally agree on on all things, but we need to ensure that we can uh, be civil with one another and, and talk about what has been done and, and not turn off or, or, or turn around or shut down others' opinions and others' thoughts. Uh, so I think this is the time is now. We need to, we need to, we need, we need to be doing more. Um, and whether it's in, in the work that we do as architects, as designers in community development, or whether it's in, in, in public policy and politics and, or economic development and, and, and ensuring that those that have not had access to the wealth or, or how do we think about wealth generation and, and, and providing others that just have been left out. Um, I think now is the time for us to be creating new systems. Uh, not, 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 not. I would say change old systems because they think the old systems have not privileged the marginalized voices or the marginalized people. I think we need to create new systems to, to lift up and 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 allow others to be in charge. Yes, and it actually made me think about what you said earlier about the young millennials, you know, and their role and how they're really showing up and wanting to understand, wanting to really embrace, you know, um, our, our our their culture, who they who they are, where they come from, you know, really knowing where are my roots and what does this mean, and it, it made me think because you're talking about opportunity, opportunity to to listen and to create that space, and I I've heard. Um, you know, one thing that I find even like within our community sometimes is that, you know, we should really, that's an opportunity right there to just stop, pause and, and gently, you know, to some degree, I I think there's a time to be gentle, but there's also a time to kind of be stern about, um, you know, mentoring and kind of, you know, raising up and guiding the young people because they're so hungry for it. And if you're, you know, you're in that space, that that's an opportunity there to, to, to help that. Um, so I wanted to just circle back to that, but also sort of wanted us to come back to, I wanted to have us come out because I know that through this dialogue, you've really talked about your work and your passion to some degree about architect and how, how your history and you growing up really influence you to be this. And I, I think there's a lot of uh, myths or people don't really understand, you know, what architect is. And I can even say that um, in all transparency about like, I don't know if I really know that feel until I start to really work with you. There's like, I think, you know, people just kind of assume what they know that is. And um, so if we can, you know, maybe you can tell us a little bit about, you know, demystifying, <laughs> you know, your profession yeah. and, you know, like, 
through that profession, sort of what, you know, I want to kind of go in an optimistic view of your profession of, you know, maybe some mm-hmm. amazing and beautiful changes that you've seen and what are you hoping for as we think about community, our Native communities and, um, you know, the, the possibilities there. Yeah, no, I mean, yeah, uh, and I, I, I'd be the first one to say that getting into this field, I didn't, I mean, I thought architecture was one thing and it turned out to be a totally different thing. Um, and in my perspective, uh, I look at architecture as a way of bringing many different disciplines, the arts, the sciences, uh, uh, sociology, uh, politics, all into one one field. And I think architecture has allowed has is a lens for me to be working in these spaces. Um, it's not just, I mean, I, 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 a lot of people dumb down architecture as, oh, you're the one that makes things look nice and, and you, you, you beautify it. Uh, you beautify this space. And yes, that's a piece of it, but it's not the whole part. Um, I, uh, Matt, uh, the organization that the Sustainable Native Community uh, is part of, is, is nested into, um, published the, the 10 year, uh, uh, portfolio of work kind of highlighting highlighting 10 years of mass which stands for math stands for a model of architecture serving society and the title of the book is justice is beauty and and i i i kind of also kind of highlight like justice is beauty but beauty is also justice and and ways in which i think about that is like we architecture is a lens for us to understand society uh, it's a way for us to engage in, in, in politics, it's a way to kind of understand kind of uh, humans and how they interact, how they live in spaces. Uh, it's not just about building buildings. And I think that, and that has been my lens to engage in understanding the complexities of tribal housing, right? I'm not just building housing, but I need to understand the complexities of around the Indian housing block grant, the Indian community development block grant, the ways to leverage uh, debt capital. Like these are all design processes that have been designed. They might not necessarily be built structures, but these policies have been designed. These structures, these these ways of thinking about community development are designed systems. And architecture is 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 kind of the language in which we can redesign these systems. In my mind. Um, uh, I spend I don't spend a lot of my time, although I would like to, like drawing, sketching, uh, I, uh, visioning. A lot of my time is spent like trying to navigate conversations and navigate people and navigate uh, policies so that others can understand how to leverage these systems to benefit their communities and their societies. And I think. Uh, that's what architects have the potential to be doing. Uh, I'm, and not all architects do that. I think um, I think architects, in my mind, need to be doing more. We we can't just be building buildings. We need to be serving in 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 in, in places of government, in in uh, in in community government, in federal government, in, in state government. And we need to be part of 
the, the, the various systems, healthcare, uh, education, um, uh, the food systems, like understanding and breaking down of food systems. I think um, architects are far too often underutilized uh, and we need to be thinking about ways to be part of the conversation in a way that is more robustful and impactful because I think, um, of course, I'm biased, but I think architects should be part of these, part, part of these conversations. Yeah, I, I wholeheartedly agree. I only say that because I, the work that I've been, you know, um, very little uh, with, with, with your um, firm. So thank you for that. Joseph, it has been such a delight. It has. Um, and thank you for sharing your story. I, I just think it's uh, really shares a lot of uh, your approach and in, in how you show up and how you do your work. And would love for you to just sort of uh, share as we wrap up, um, you know, what sort of medicine, uh, final message, you know, that you want to share with your listeners, especially reflecting on what we talked about, you mm-hmm. know, about community and, and your history and sort of the work that you're doing. And as you go forward, a message that you want to leave the, the listeners. Yeah, no, I, I think, uh, it starts with, uh, I think if, if I were to leave any, any sort of, message it's this this ability to to do this work and is is really about ways in which you need to be self-reflecting and understanding who you are before you can actually engage and not that not that i know who i i think this is a lifelong journey but i think taking care of yourself and, and and ensuring that you're you're out there uh, running, doing whatever you you do physically or reading, whatever you you do that makes you feel good. I think uh, we need, especially during these times, we need to be doing it more. Uh, and, and then self care. And um, I I uh, I'll also be the first one to tell you that I need to be doing more of it. But um, uh, if we're going to prepare ourselves for the hard work, we need to be taking care of ourselves because um, uh, if, if we're to have lasting impact and, and want to be part of these conversations for the long haul, we need to uh, take care of ourselves and one another uh, and create spaces to support one another because uh, it's hard work and it's, it's going to take a lot of time. So that's important. Beautiful. Thank you so much. You all heard it from Joseph. Yes, prepare yourself for hard work. You need to take care of yourself and others. Ahiahat, thank you, my friend. And um, thank you. Yeah, have a wonderful day. Thanks.